What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Love Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night, This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio. And we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon in the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn. He had this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you didn't. Now look at that doc, you homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. I just took a DNA test, turns out. I've had diabetes for about 20 years. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Uh, man, a lot of shit to cover. I never know where to fucking start. I just kind of like fucking look at a bunch of shit and just like, ah, I'll go with that. Um, I guess updates on just life in general and what's going on over here. Um, so, I mean, I've had some positive, uh, moves in the right direction, I believe. Um, you know, things have leveled out on a couple different you know, fronts, um, you know, work, I've kind of found somewhat of a balance. I've been able to do a lot of things with cats and, um, 
I've really, you know, I've lucked out in this pandemic and actually finding some really good homes for cats, you know, and, and some veterans and, you know, ones that I've had for a bit and cats that have come a long way. So, you know, within the realm of, you know, everything happening really fast and quick and a lot of it comes at you, you know, at a very scary pace. I've been able to weed through some of these things and find some excellent homes for some great cats. So I'm very happy about that. Um, I also, I mean, I was just the other day, I was notified that I guess whatever government assistance or whatever's going on as far as businesses go um, helped in, you know, in the, um, in the world that I, I live in, you know, in, in my job. So they gave him some kind of kickback that I guess they could just give it to us. I don't really know how that works. But uh, so they basically, if you've been listening for a while, you know, the, not this past Christmas, the Christmas before, it was like three weeks before Christmas, they cut our hours. Um, they cut our overtime by like at least six hours, like something like that. And, um, you know, knocked like $100 out of my paycheck in like a week, uh, you know, per week which was really rough three weeks before Christmas and uh, pretty shitty. And uh, so whatever government kickback they just got, they pretty much extended our hours. Um, so, I mean, we go from the beginning of this thing to me worrying about losing hours. As so many people did, so many people got, you know, furloughed and cut off and this and that. And then, you know, to go to this point now where, at least for the next couple weeks, um, they don't really know how long it's going to last or, you know, how much is there or whatever. They're extending our hours back from five to six at night. Uh, you know, so it, it throws that shit right back at me, which, you know, I, I couldn't be more happy about because, you know, it's more time on my cats. It's more time, you know, doing what I want to do there. And, you know, it's, it's more money in my pocket. So, um, very happy about that. And, um, yeah, so I'm just doing that. Um, you know, also to the beginning of this thing, my sanity was very, very un unstable. You know, I was really losing it like on a, on a really, really deep way. And, um, I, I found my way in a lot of that. Some of it comes with, like, you just got to just do shit to make yourself happy amongst this. Whatever that takes, whatever that costs, it's worth the cost of your sanity. Because, you know, if you completely lose yourself, there is no anything else. You know what I mean? Not, nothing else exists if you don't, you know, and at least to you, it doesn't. Um, the world will continue to go on around you. If you're gone, you're gone. You know, this is uh, this is just how life goes or you know, the world moves on with or without you. So you got to figure out how to make that shit work for you. So, you know, I, um, I decided to step up my living room TV situation too. Um, because, you know, I, I've had this like in the future dream type thing where I'm like, man, I'm going to get like a huge TV, like bigger than I've ever had. And, you know, do family movie nights out there, get the, uh, you know, the sound bar fucking, you know, the, the sound going and just have it like an experience out there, you know, and it's, it's so much more of a, an enjoyable experience for the whole family, you know, to be able to gather together and watch, you know, movies and stuff like that. So, you know, we had, you know, a decent TV out there, but nothing, nothing. Cause 
basically I would get like a new TV for my room and then I would hand me down to the living room, which, you know, I always like, like the bigger stuff in my room anyway. So, you know, it's not like a bad TV by any stretch. Um, but now I'm, I'm going up, I'm going to 65 inches. Um, so I just got the stand for it yesterday. The TV comes on Tuesday and, um, yeah, like, uh, just to answer the question about, uh, Eric asked, um, how, how much of a pain in the ass it was to put the stand together. I'm not a handy dude. I'm figuring things out as I go. I'm getting a little bit better at it than I have been in the past. And, um, this, you know, it was a pretty, I guess you'd call simple out of the box assembly type deal, but it put, took me and Nina hours to do it because it's just, you know, again, I'm, I'm not like super efficient at this shit. So, I'll get it done. It's just going to take a lot longer than probably someone who knows what the fuck they're doing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it came together nice. It's, it's ready to, uh, accommodate this TV and everything. And yeah, I'm excited. So that's, uh, you know, Tuesday will be that deal. Um, what else do I got? Um, so yeah, just overall, this, this whole pandemic has brought on so many different crazy things. Um, the the president is out of his fucking mind. I mean, what else can I tell you? Um, the thing is with him is he's always just talked like a jerk off in the bar, which to me is just weird for a president. You know what I mean? When you, when you listen to your president talk and he's just like, I don't know. What do you think? You think that shit would work? I, you know, I guess we'll try it out. Right. Uh-huh. Right. And it's like, dude, why is this guy saying this shit in public? Like, he's saying this shit, like, on the way to the fucking podium. Like, you know, in the car or something. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I guess he's just going in the other room because it's all in the White House. But, you know, say this shit in the morning while you're drinking your coffee or something. <laughs> don't, tell, don't tell America that shit. Um, you know, and it's just, he keeps fucking saying shit. I'm... This is the thing, man. I've never been a political dude at all. I don't like it. I don't want to be involved in, in being consumed with it or talking about it all the time because it's just, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, sure, you could do your voting and you could try to put the right person or at least who you think is the right person put on the best show for you, you know, and you could try to get that person into office and hope for the best. But once once the people are there who are going to be there, it's just out of your control. You know, you get yell about it, you get fucking furious about it all day. But, but what what exactly is the um, the end game? You know, what I mean, is you just fucking ruin your day over it. So, uh, you know, it's uh. But anyway, this guy is like really fucking pulled me in because like part of his shit is just like a fucking comedian. You know, you. You watch his shit and be like, did he just fucking say that shit? And like, yeah, he, he actually, yeah, like, this guy's throwing fucking Twitter shade at people all day. Like, he's Twitter beefing with people, fucking, you know, like, it, it's just really fucking awkward to see out of your president. Um, and I think that's my biggest problem with him is just the unprofessional manner he conducts himself in, you know? I mean... I know that might sound crazy coming from me just because of the way that I talk and everything, but, like, I don't belong being the fucking president, like, newsflash, you know? I just, I'm not that guy, you know? I don't think he's that guy either, but he had enough money to get himself there, you know? I mean, that that guy with the same fucking attitude and the way of speech 
without the financial backing to, to get himself to where he was, like, forget it. I mean, it's just not in a million years that dude be lucky to have a high position in a company, let alone, you know, everything he's become, including the president. So, but, you know, like he says shit, like they asked him about the Kim Jong-un thing. Kim Jong-un was dying. I think he's dead now. I don't know. Um, and uh, they're like, yeah, you know, reports that he's in really bad condition. He's like, oh, I, I hope he's in. I, I hope he recovers. I hope he's doing good. Uh, we've always had a great relationship. It's like, dude, you were fucking calling this dude your little rocket man. When he was fucking practicing shooting missiles towards our country. Like, he was doing test runs on missiles to see if he could reach our fucking country. And you were tweeting, calling him the rocket man. You know what I mean? Like, stop fucking playing with me, bro. Like, you... You <laughs> you are not always on good terms with this dude. What are you talking about? Um, I don't know. Like, just shit like that where it's just like... No, no, you weren't. Even if you just came out and say, hey, you know, I hope he's doing well. You know, we, we've had an up and down relationship, but, you know, in the end, I, I'm not trying to wish any death on anybody or anything like that. You know, um, th- I'd be like, all right, there you go. But he's got to go like so far to the other side and be like, we've always been so tight. Best friend. One of my favorite little fellows. Ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like this fucking dude just leans in like, yeah, man. Love that guy. Always loved that guy. No, fuck you didn't. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the injecting bleach or whatever you want to rephrase that as. Look, and again, he didn't say everyone should go try this shit. But again, it was the jerk off at the bar statement where he's like, I don't know. It's like that shit kills it real quick. Do you think like if we found a way to just like inject that shit into people? Like, I mean, what do you think? I mean, could you try it? Is that. Now that's not a good idea. Uh, all right, I mean, all right. I mean, it's just fucking spitballing ideas. Like, that's not what our president should be doing. It's just like throwing random. Because there are stupid motherfuckers that'll go inject bleach. And I am not against wishing death on people. So I encourage that. Um, very much so. I mean, if people are going to be dumb enough to to go, like, maybe that'll work. And then just go do it. That's the right person to be losing. You know what I mean? Like, that's. But, I mean, I think even in his case, he's taking voters away from himself because those are, the, those are the people voting for him that are like, I think he said inject bleach. It's fucking, let's get it going. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, so, I mean, if that's the deal, then, then have at it. Um, the, the chick in Vegas, uh, fucking Vegas mayor, whatever the fuck, uh, she's out of her goddamn mind. She's smiling ear to ear like she's fucking auditioning for the Joker. And uh, she's just like, yeah, just just opening it back up. Just fucking, yeah. And, and uh, like I saw the Anderson Cooper thing, they went online. And uh, he's like, so, yeah, but how how can you distance six feet from people in a casino? She's like, I don't own a casino. I don't, I know. I don't know. I mean, they're creative. They could do some stuff. That's, I think, one of the most dangerous things about this whole situation is some of the people in power are just going, I don't know. They could figure it out. And they did the same shit with the doctors and Trump when they asked about, like, so if Atlanta is, or if uh, Georgia is opening up 
businesses, tattoo parlors, massage parlors, how can they do those things and stay six feet away? And their answer to that is, I don't know. People know how to be creative. Dude, it's fucking physically impossible to tattoo someone from six feet away. It's fucking impossible. And I'm not a tattoo artist, so I guess I'm speaking out of school, but pretty sure I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that's not a fucking thing. Massaging people from six feet away. You know what I mean? Like, your arms are part of your fucking being close or far away. Like, you you can't do that shit. So... When you're someone who's supposed to be in charge of things and you're you're laying down these laws and rules and you know sanctions or or lifting them, and your statement to the people is like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if they could tattoo, you know, from fucking up the block, then I mean, I guess you know that's uh, that's on them. And then we're just supposed to eat that shit and go, yeah, sounds good. Uh, it's retarded. It, it, it's the words of a retard. Like that. That's not like normal human shit. Like. If someone told you that shit, like, hey, man, um, I know you scheduled your tattoo appointment today. Uh, we're going to try some new shit and do it from, like, six feet away. Be like, you know what? I'm going to reschedule because I don't know if I want to try some new shit, you know? And there's there's nothing like that out there. That That's just, like, a silly-ass thing to say. Um, um stock, Let's just go into fucking stockade. Um, so this dude... Joe Stockade, from for anyone who doesn't know who this is and probably shouldn't, a uh, local New York deathmatch guy. Um, I always hated him as a wrestler. Hated him as a wrestler. I, I don't think he's fucking talented. I don't think there's anything about him redeemable as a wrestler. I don't think he's entertaining. I don't think he has charisma. I don't think he has athleticism. I don't think he has fucking anything. Um, from his videos online, he works out like a schmuck too, because like, I, I can't stand fucking obese guys that just like put as much fucking weight on a bar and shrug it or squat it or deadlift it and still walk around looking like a fat asshole. So like, I, I can't stand that shit to me. It's just, it's dumb as hell. Like uh, drew Cordero, like that dude is morbidly obese, but he's doing like fucking insane deadlifts okay but they're still gonna fucking carry you out of your fucking place 18 people are gonna show up to your house when you die and they're gonna have to remove you from your house maybe fucking altering doorways and shit and bringing in equipment and while they're carrying you to the fucking whatever vehicle removes you from the premises they're gonna be going fucking people just don't take care of themselves You know what I mean? So you're going to train in the fucking gym in order for people to fucking comment on on what a fat shit you are when you die? That's fucking insanity. Why would you train that way? You're just beating the shit out of your joints who have been already through enough. You know, your joints have already endured enough, don't you think? They're like fucking, they're like purple heart recipients, your fucking kneecaps. You know, they've been carrying the rest of your fucking body around your whole fucking life. And you just keep piling more weight on top of it and piling more weight. And you're like, hey, guys, fuck, fuck you. I'm lifting tons of fucking weight today. And it's like, your knees got to be like, you son of a bitch. I'm over here rooting for a fucking diet, a P90X, a fucking something that burns some of this fucking weight off of here. And you're just like, I'm just going to pick all the weight up. <laughs> your knees got to be like, I'm fucking quitting real soon. And, and people shouldn't feel bad for us. You know? It's, so 
Stanky does a lot of silly, stupid shit like that in the gym. Like, he, he posts a bunch of dumbass shit. And maybe he's lost some weight or something like that, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, so that, that's just been, like, my view of him as far as, like, a performer, entertainer, this and that. I, I didn't like anything about him. some point, someone asked, uh, he was asking, like, a cat, cat advice or something like that. So he shot me a message saying, dude, uh, you know, somebody, somebody said to hit you up about, you know, cats or whatever. And I, by all means, I'll help anybody. I don't give a fuck whether I like what you do professionally or not. You know what I mean? So I, I'm just like, yeah, I'll help whoever, you know, cat, cat advice. I'm, this is what I do. You know what I mean? I'm passionate about it. I love it. Um, I have tremendous knowledge about it, you know, I, and I have, no problem sharing that with anybody who who wants to know something or, or wants help with something. I'm I'm cool. But um so he hit me up and after that, you know, we became Facebook friends. Just because it was based off just that interaction and animals and, and this and this. When this and you know, there was no never any issues, some likes here and there, whatever the fucking case. Um but then when this whole pandemic started, he's doing this like passive Trump supporting shit, but then also like crazy they need to just like you know, let New York off the restrictions. Like open up New York. New York has more deaths than anywhere in the fucking country from this shit. Like by a lot. Not even marginally. Like I don't need to check that today to see if anyone's catching up. I don't need to, you know, New York is blowing the fucking numbers out of the water. Because, like I said before, the, the place has just been warehoused fucking people. People stacked on top of people on top of people. So, when some sickness shit happens, guess who's getting a whole lot of fucking sick? These motherfuckers. So, it is what it is. I mean, that that's what it's going to be. Because of the, just the structure of living that they've created out there. That they've celebrated for years. Like, oh, it's the greatest city. In, I mean, you guys... You're living amongst the problem. So when this shit broke out, it really fucked New York up, and it still is. Maybe the numbers are starting to decline, but that's because of the restrictions. That's because of locking people down. We don't have a vaccine. We don't have a fucking cure. We have a hope for the fucking best when people get hit with this shit. You know, and, you know, they they could put you on the fucking ventilator. They could do this and this and this, but, like, you know, if, if you're susceptible um, you know, if you have a compromised immunity, da, 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 you, I mean, you know all the fucking things. They've been saying this shit since it started. You know, it, it's claiming motherfuckers out there. They got fucking refrigerator trucks outside of fucking hospitals. Um, and that that's that's real shit. Just, just to house the fucking bodies because they're coming out of the hospitals so quick. They're doing mass graves if you don't, you know, claim your loved one within 72 hours or something like that. There's major fucking shit going on out there, and this guy's just like tired of shit. Yeah, I want to get back to work. This and that, that, that. And look, I understand as far as the work thing goes. Like, you know, if you're out of work and stuff, I, you know, without money, you can't do anything. You can't keep your place of of living. I mean, you can't keep a roof over your head. You can't eat. You can't pay anything. You know, so obviously you know people want to get back to work and all this so like he but opening new york is not a fucking option i understand if you know the numbers are low you know you you open something up 
you open this this business up or you open this local and I, I really think locality has a big fucking bearing on this. I honestly think they should restrict um state to state travel to just fucking essential only. Because I think leaving it up to the fucking public to protect each other when they're still crowding beaches, they're still, you know, down to fucking the district is open in Vegas. It's just going to open Las Vegas to everyone in the country to just go there and just act like nothing happened. And she's like, yeah, that's part of life. That She said that shit. She doesn't give a fuck about you. And there's enough people that goes like, well, they wouldn't open it if it isn't safe. Yes, the fuck they would. So, like, when he's posting this silly shit, it's getting on my fucking nerves. And I just, like, I don't want to read it anymore. And some people, like, if I respected them previous to that enough, I'll, like, just unfollow them. You know, because like I, I like I like Marcus Crane. Marcus Crane posts a bunch of stupid ass shit. So I just unfollowed him. I didn't unfriend him because, you know, I I want to like that dude. You know, but Stocky, you know, I didn't really want to like him before as a performer or anything like that. And it, then if he's just showing me that personally, he just doesn't have it. You know, he just doesn't have what it takes to be fucking like someone you read your shit and be like, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Be like, what the fuck are you talking about? So then I'm like, you know, again, I feel for people who can't go back to work, who've been working and this and that. So then he posts that he fucking tried to get unemployment and they shut him down because he didn't work long enough. Oh, so basically you spent long enough playing your fucking hobby wrestling bullshit, pretending like you were fucking valuable there. Didn't work enough. So when you went to the fucking unemployment office, like, you you don't fucking work like that. And now you're like, but I want to work now. Now's not the time, asshole. Like, if if you waited all this fucking time to actually be really about that fucking life, and you waited for your money to run out, and you waited for some shit like this to happen, which nobody could have called this, but uh, the unemployment office looked at your fucking hours and looked at the time logged and went, dude, what the fuck? And people asked him, like, so why? Like, how long were you working that they said that? And they just go, he just goes, not long enough for them. It's like, well, you know what? Not long enough for me either. Because, like, uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound fucking very reasonable to me. That they just said, like, yeah, like, I know you've been working for the past three years. But, uh, you know, that's not enough for us. I have a feeling it, it was fucking a lot less than that. Or a lot less consistent than that. So this this is what motherfuckers get. Take care of your fucking self. Take care of your family. Take care of what you love. First and foremost, before this hobby shit with this fucking wrestling. Everybody wants to be a fucking make-believe wrestler. You know, everybody's running around fucking jumping in there. Oh, I'll work this, this shindy and this, and I'm traveling here, and I'm traveling there, and someone should book me, and da 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 Meanwhile, like, your actual financial stability is in the fucking trash. And you have no aspirations of being fucking somewhere big no one's ever paying you to do anything big matt tremont got you the fucking job at czw because he fucking liked you the fans hated you they put you into fucking tremont stable the fans didn't give a fuck dj fucking bailed on that now i'm not saying dj makes a lot of great fucking uh you know choices but let's be fucking real matt had a problem with that fucking stable coming to a close yeah, G-Raver got hurt, you know, fucking taken out of the game completely. But when it came down to it, did did he fucking make that the flagship of his own company? No. He wanted to play that fucking make-believe following shit in CZW. But when it came down to his own fucking company, what he wanted to do, he played with it a little bit. But that's not like his mainstay fucking thing. 
He's not putting that on the fucking posters. No one gives a fuck about that. People give a fuck about Tremont. They don't give a fuck about Stockade. But this is, again, this is what the fuck you're putting your, your investment in. And that's why the unemployment office is like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, you're a Viking? Good. Go, go you know, go sail a ship, motherfucker. I, I'm not really looking to... I'm not looking to talk to you about giving you a bunch of money that you weren't making before. You know, and maybe you had some time of doing it, but not enough where we think that's what you need to be compensated for right now. So I, that's that's just irresponsible actions as far as I'm concerned. A lot of these fucking wrestlers need to just grow the fuck up and need to take care of their shit. And if they don't, stop fucking crying to the public about it because that's your fucking fault, not somebody else's fault. Just like, you know, if a fucking wrestler does some old stupid shit, jumps off of some shit and gets fucking hurt majorly, oh, the fans should pay for it now? I would have told you not to jump off the shit if I knew that it was going to be my bill. Yeah, I mean? So, um, that, you know, that that's that. Um... So I, you know, I just just unfriended that dude because I'm not I'm not really trying to read his constant shit about we're trying to you know unlock fucking New York and shit like this because Stockade who decided he's got a desire to work now should fucking get back to work. You know, it, it's fucking this country up. It really is. It, it's got motherfuckers real fucked up. So um, what can I tell you? Um, Piggy Sanchez. Um. So, like, this this whole thing, like, you know, I started this shit, because I, I don't like Pinky. Pinky's a shithead. Um, Pinky is a talented wrestler. Um, he's got a lot of charisma in the ring, but his life is a gimmick. His He doesn't live a respectable, normal, res- just grown man life. He lives make-believe. That's what he does. He talks in catchphrases. He's not to be taken seriously. He stands outside of fucking venues, you know, while the fans are fucking piling and asking people for cigarettes. This is what he does. This this is what he does. So I think he's a bum. And, um, yeah, he plays that race baiting shit all day on Facebook and acts like he's contributing to something. He's not doing a fucking thing. So I, I, um... You know, like, there's there's 100% a reason why a guy like fucking Pinky Sanchez, when you look at fucking Team Pazuzu, and you look at all those guys that have made it to television, and guys like Chris Dickinson, who are fucking one of the top in the fucking business, and then Pinky Sanchez, who seemingly has all the talent, has all the charisma. Well, what's wrong? Oh, well, Pinky, that, that's what's fucking wrong. Pinky fucking Sanchez is what's wrong with Pinky Sanchez. You know? It's not a guy who's un- incapable of doing it. It's a guy who just never will have his shit together and will continue to live in fucking gimmick. He's playing make-believe. He never grew up. He's fucking Peter Pan. So, I um I, I saw that, that Sozio interviewed him on his uh, Struggling with Sozio podcast. And as I pointed out, still struggling. Um, <laughs> that's my guy. But, um, so, I just, you know... I, I decided to start some shit with him and I just like posted like a fucking shaking my head meme at uh you know, him posting like, Yeah, listen to the show, what so I put like a gift that was like a girl shaking her head like, Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. So then he chimes in, says some shit and I tell him to fuck himself and then 
he says something about like you know because again like i have a real actual real life passion like i have you know i take care of animals like for real i do that i'm not like his fucking buddy teddy hart who he said that's the other like line crossing shit with this dude is he like went out of his way to really support teddy hart bought a cat from him all that shit and you know really pretended like no nah, no nah, people don't know what the fuck they're talking about he he's great for animals like well then you're a retard that that's what you know you're just not a smart person at all so there's no reason to respect your opinion on anything on the planet if you're going to literally go at somebody who has 19 years experience with animals and tell them no, no, this fucking drug addict shithead with fucking mental disorders that, that drags the cats around in his fucking car 24 hours a day, doesn't fix them, has fucking feeding them meow mix. And, you know, th- that guy, no, he's doing a great fucking job. And those are trained performers. You're dumb. You're a dummy. That's the problem there. So that's what, you know, there's obviously that um, somewhat of a trigger for me, I guess you'd say. But it's, it's not as easy as you think, though. You know, so then Pinky's like big thing is he responds to me saying, oh, well, since you want to be smart, uh, you know, I'm going to go drown a bag of cats in the in the Hudson River or whatever. Well, because that's what shitheads say. You know what I mean? That's that's what assholes say. There are real legitimate people that are out there. He's trying to, like, get me riled up. I don't need help. You know, I, I get riled up all by myself. But as far as him saying words, look, again, this is. Asshole wrestler walking into the ring and going, your town stinks. And the fucking fans, like, jumping out of their seats, like, you motherfucker. Like, how many times is that going to work for you as a grown man? It doesn't work for me. You can't just go, like, oh, yeah, well, your mother. And I'm going to be like, you don't talk about my mother. You don't know my fucking, yeah, I mean, you don't, none of that shit is happening. And if you legitimately are drowning cats in the fucking, then someone should drown you in the fucking river. You know what I mean? That's just that's just a fact. There are legitimate animal abusers out there, and I and I hope they all die. So teasing that you're gonna kill animals? Good. Drop dead. I don't give a fuck, dude. Like it, I can't solve that. I can't run around being fucking like shattered by people who are killing animals. All I can do is help the ones that I encounter. You know, I'm not I'm not spending my life fucking petitioning for anything. I'm not spending my life. Uh, you know, marching and, and fucking, you know, finding posts and rallying against this and th- doing this. Th- you know, look, I, the things I encounter, I'll do the best I can with, which is pretty fucking good. I do a lot of different things in life that are impressive. As far as Pinky Sanchez, I don't know about any of that. I don't know about any of that. Like I said, I could point at some fucking matches he's had that's good. But he's his own fucking worst enemy. He, he he can't get further in his own fucking profession that he's put so many years into because he's a jerk off. He's just a jerk off. Like he he lives this fucking gimmick, talks in catchphrases, tries to use heel work to fucking talk shit to people on the internet. But I'm a real grown fucking man who does pretty impressive shit in life. I work six fucking days a week. I I, I could fucking do some major shit physically for a 42 year old fucking man. Which I guarantee you, if I put my physicality up against his physicality, he couldn't hang with half the shit I do. Garen fucking teed. And he considers himself some form of athlete. You know what I mean? Like, he just... It, it is what it is with this guy, you know? I, I, I don't really... 
there's there's nothing more to say about the guy. So there's there's something to be you know spoken on. Because you know the thing came up, and you know I don't avoid topics or anything like that. But I wanted to touch on it just because, you know i I started it for sure. I'm not considering myself a victim or anything like this. And again, nothing he said surprised me, shocked me, threw me out of my fucking position of sitting reading the fucking shit. It was just like, huh, yeah, that's what dickheads say. I, you didn't say anything that I didn't expect you to fucking say because you're an asshole. So, there you go. Um, but check out Struggling with Sozio, for sure. Um, yeah, let me see. Another guy. Where is this? Hold on, I gotta find this real quick. Back in October, I guess, uh, well, I know, where, where, where the fuck is it? Oh, there it is. Um, October 25th, 2019, um, someone gave me a one-star review on the, uh, uh, iTunes podcast thing, and, uh, well, his, his screen name is Fag Tony de Blasi, um, and it said, used to love this show, but J-Cat turned into a SJW crybaby. Okay, so I I meant to go back and figure out, like, what was the show, like, the week before and the week before that, as to what really bothered this fucking guy. Because, again, in July, coming up, I've been doing this for 10 years, which is astounding to me. Like, I can't even fucking believe it's been 10 years doing this, but... um. Ten fucking years. Um, for this dude to be like, I always loved the show, and he turned into it. Like, first off, SJW is what, like, fucking David Starr does, and I don't do that. I stand up for what I believe in. The things that I'm very passionate about are animals, for one. So I have, like, I'm very unapologetic, and I have zero tolerance for people that, that hurt animals or mistreat them or anything like that. Zero tolerance. So it could have been something like that. I also don't have any tolerance for people who beat women. So I've continuously attacked fucking necro butcher every chance I can get. So it could have been one of those things. It could have been like, that was my guy. And like, he won't stop calling him a piece of shit. And, and I don't like that. He's so SJW because he doesn't like women being punched in the face. So again, I'll stand on my morals. I don't give a fuck whether you like it or don't, but also like, keep in mind, that I always do it under the title J. Cat Morris. That's my first, middle, and last name. Legit. I'll show you a fucking ID. It is what it is. That's my first, middle, and last name. I'm not fag Tony de Blasi. I'm not fucking jerk off face with a fucking Elmo picture on my fucking profile. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm not Japanese letters guy. I'm not fucking any of those things. I tell you exactly who the fuck I am. Because I'm a man. I'm a grown fucking man, and I don't need to hide behind bullshit and try to make comments like I'm a tough guy because of that. Which is like, you know, those MDK pages and shit where that Michael Thick douchebag was, like, posting, like, real fucking harsh shit. Like, really throwing fucking, you know, fuck this guy and fuck this guy and that guy's a pussy. And it was doing it under 
the MDK page. On his own fucking page, he had a picture of him and his fucking kids. Yeah, I mean, and as soon as it came out, I was like, oh, 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 you know. It's just, that's what these motherfuckers are. They're fake. They're, they're, they're what internet gangsters are all about. Yeah, I mean, as I said before, like, I don't need to just come on this fucking podcast and, and fucking call people out by name and just, you know, I'll beat this guy up and that guy up. But again, look at what I do physically and put it up against what you do. And, and, if, and if you think that, like, it, like, you fucking exceed me by fucking miles and, like, dude, I'll destroy that guy, then congrats, because you're killing it. You're fucking killing it out there. If it's if it's that easy, that clean cut of a victory in your fucking mind, you must be working your ass off. Because I am. I, I definitely am. Yeah, you know I mean, so this isn't even like a challenge to anybody or this and that, but like, yeah, try to try to get on my level before you start talking shit. You know? Cause I, I don't really have a problem with standing behind my fucking words. And I, I cannot say the same for the majority of people that run their fucking mouth online, like fucking Chris fucking hamhead grasso who keeps fucking post he keeps just blocking everyone who's friends with me online yeah i mean for what for fucking what so you could talk all the shit you want and it won't get back to me that's that's what your goal is so you could be as safe as possible while you run your mouth like you have any chance in the world against me like like you didn't almost cry standing in front of me when i confronted you like, you didn't say, oh, that was a long time ago. Uh, uh, what's kicking my ass going to prove? Hey, uh, uh, if I could take it all back, I would. These were all legitimate quotes from this fucking guy's face, but he talks wild shit online. Th- this is the motherfucker who's an internet gangster. This This is the fucking guy who should be looked at disrespectfully because he doesn't stand behind his words. He can't back up the shit he says. Yeah, you know I mean, so that's that's just my my statement on on these type of motherfuckers who who make these silly ass comments and stuff. And I look at it like I said, I I just saw this shit because someone sh- like shared it with me. You know, they they screenshot it and sent it to me, and was like, "Hey, look at this shit." And this shit's from fucking October, so you could tell how much I pay attention. Um, but you know, it's just like, dude, what w- what's the fucking purpose of that? You used to love the show when I turned it. I didn't change a motherfucking thing. You know? I've gotten more not giving a fuck over the years. Just because I've, I've just gotten to that point of maturity there. I'm just like, I mean, I don't know if maturity is the uh, perfect term for that. Because, you know, I, I just I just got to the point where I just don't give a fuck. I, I'm just going to say how I feel. I'm just going to be straight the fuck up about things. People are going to like me or dislike me, whether I do or I don't. And I'd rather stand behind what I'm saying and, and speak legit facts and the truth as I see it, rather than trying to fucking please everybody and being not genuine. That That's just what I'm doing. So, fuck that dude. Do me a favor, though. Um, If you get a chance and you listen to the show, you're like, it, hey, this and that. Go on the, the podcast thing on the fucking Apple, because I only have 12 reviews. I've been doing this shit for 10 years. I, I'm almost caught up to the amount of reviews that I have on fucking iTunes. Um, give me, okay, now check it out. Think about the best show I've ever done. Think about, like, your favorite show that I've ever done. And, all right, no, no, no. So now think about 
the worst podcast on the planet that anyone has ever done, right? Now think about the best show that I've ever done. Now, now, okay. Now with those two things fresh in your mind, maybe throw me a five stars. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just, but I'm saying like, like pregame, you know, get all that shit in there. Be like, worst podcast I've ever heard someone do is this one. Hopefully it wasn't mine. Um, Cause that's going to throw off the balance of that five stars by a lot, I think. Um, so if you could find it and I could give you some recommendations, but um, five stars, like based on, well, the worst shit I ever heard. And then there's Jay Cat's best show and just go like, all right, I'll throw, you know, and then, uh, you know, throw a little review on there if you can, you know, it's not, it doesn't mean the world to me, but I'd appreciate it. And uh, I mean, maybe three, four months from now, I'll see it. <laughs> I don't fuck it. I don't even know how that works. Um, I don't get notifications on it and I'll probably check on it like every once in a while now because it's, it went that long without me even noticing it. But, um, yeah. So anyway, if you, if you get a chance, um, let me see. What's my other fucking topics? Water bottles, the water jugs, fucking one gallon water jugs. I don't know what the fuck the problem is, but they started making these things out of like fucking like they're water balloons. Now they're essentially water balloons. Um, I've had two in the past like year fucking dropped one on the rug in my room from like two feet off the ground. Like it wasn't over my head. It's like, like maybe two feet might've been like a foot and the fucking thing just ripped up the side. And just like, goo, 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 just fucking pour all the fucking water on my floor. And then this shit happened the other day again. As soon as I get out of the car at work, I got my gallon jug. I fucking step out of the car. It slips out of my fucking hands as I step out. Fucking hits, hits one foot. I mean, it's there. I know it's like one foot off the fucking ground. Cause it's like, you know, from where the car door is, I'm pulling it off the floor and it just fucking dropped and same shit ripped way the fuck up the side. What, what the fuck is going on? Why why are uh, one-gallon water jugs made out of, like, pretty much water balloons right now? I want to start throwing them at people in, like, water balloon fights. But I think, like, if they don't break, it's like you're going way too far. If they did break, though, that would be that would be a big win. You know what I mean? Like, one gallon of water hitting you in a fucking balloon. But it's fucking frustrating, man. I got to get, like, I got to, like buy my fucking water jugs and then like duct tape them. Like I'm trying to keep them from getting like prison shanked, like fucking tape a phone book around my motherfucking water jug. So the shit doesn't rip up the side. It, it, you know, if someone breathes on it, like what the fuck, man? Um, apparently Maven got fucking this, this Corona thing. Maven Bentley. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I know he does a lot of silly ass shit for attention, um, he finally unfriended me, which I'm, I'm pretty, uh, it, it took so long. It took so, so long. I said nothing complimentary towards this guy in like years of being friends with him and just continue to go at him and call him out from, for his hypocrisy and, and just ridiculous fucking statements over and over and over and defense of that bullshit company he's running over there with DJ and, um, how he's going to sit there and like criticize WWE's booking like a 13 year old on Facebook every Monday and Thursday or whatever days that comes on. I know Monday for sure, but I think they moved that SmackDown. It was like Thursday and Tuesday. And I don't know what day it is now. I haven't watched in a long time. 
But you, you would see like every every week, and be like, oh, I guess it's that day, because like he's like, oh, who booked this? And oh, this is bullshit. And it's like, dude, you book one of the worst booked fucking companies on the fucking planet. You you book something that's such a shell of what it was. To, how how could you possibly criticize a billionaire's fucking business decisions? You've been tied to DJ Hyde for a decade. Like, dude, just stop. You look silly as fuck and being creepy as hell with fucking women online and, you know, while also pushing education for children. It's like, dude, I don't really want my kids educated by anybody like you. I don't want my kids to not respect women on the internet on a regular basis and pretend like, like sexual innuendos is like the way to go when you're a grown fucking man in your forties. You know, it's just, it's just weird fucking behavior, you know, passive aggressive tweeting Brett Lauderdale all fucking day. And it just, and, and Joey and dude, what the fuck, man? Like, are you a grown man or not? Like, are you really involved in like, fucking education and like trying to do things on a high level and this is the this is the life you're living you know what i mean it just it's always come off as just so fucking strange to me so apparently he got the fucking corona shit i don't you know he's gonna make it through it but he'll make this big spectacle about himself in the meantime so i guess best wishes to that fucking guy so he could be back in full creep mode online i'm sure someone will send it to me when he gets back to his full powers but, uh, yeah, you know, here's what it is. Um, let me see. Let me go back into my fucking Facebook over here, find the fucking topics. Uh, the, the Velveteen Dream dude fucking, I guess he, he's, he's going after minors now too. And the dick pics and all that, the whole bullshit. I don't know, man. Like, it just, I can't help but think that there's just a great big part of wrestling that are just fucking psychologically damaged. I don't know if it's the CTE. I don't know if it's just these people are fucking damaged to begin with. I don't know what it is. But it's like, it doesn't matter if they're like on a really high level and they're really doing well in life and, and seemingly getting like excellent exposure and, and followship and like, like people are really getting behind them and buying their merch. And they're just like, I'll just throw it all away for a fucking a teenage girl. Like, what? Like, how does? I don't even know how that happens. I just don't. It 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 just has to be something wrong mentally. That wires are just fucking burnt out or crossed or something up there. That's got these motherfuckers just doing this. It's it's not right now. This society is not built for motherfuckers getting away with this dumb shit, which. That part of it, I'm very glad of. You know, some of this shit where a comedian can't make a joke and this and that without it being like, oh, you can't say that in 2020. Like, that's some old bullshit, and I'll talk against that every chance I get. But as far as, like, you fucking send one fucking, you know, irresponsible fucking text to a fucking minor, and you're going to be blown the fuck up online, good. Good. Bye. Cancel that motherfucker. Let's let's focus on all the cancel culture shit, canceling all the fucking pedos. Let's just do that. Let's just go on full fuck fucking remove pedos from society. Let's go. Let's do it. 
You know? And I don't mean me. I mean the people who are wasting all the fucking time in the world trying to cancel every comedian that says something in a nightclub somewhere that might be something that doesn't cater to the uh, agenda that you're following. You know what I mean? Like, like really, really lean into the motherfuckers who are out there mishandling fucking things with children. And, you know, do that. Let's protect our fucking kids. So, um... That's my feelings on that. And anybody else who has that same fucking situation, I mean, just doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, Let me see. Go back, because I put up, like, a topic thing, but it was, like, a lot of days ago, because, uh, you know, I rarely come through with uh, doing a show when I say I'm going to. Life happens, you know what I mean? Uh talked about the disinfectant thing um mo uh mo's doing good mo um he's made tremendous progress in in my house he's still in the crate over here because that's like his his comfort zone with with a cat that's scared you really have to find a comfort zone for them no matter how small it is and just work within that and allow them to expand their comfort zone at their speed you could help them along and you can give them a little encouragement here and there. But if you force them outside of their comfort zone, you're going to meet a lot more failure. Um, you're going to see a lot more, you know, permanent fear and skittishness and, and that type of thing. Um, smaller is better. You know, I learned that in, uh, in being in the shelter for so long. And with a scared animal, smaller is better because that environment is very controlled. Their food, their water, all of those things are right there for them. And, um, you know, their litter box, they don't have to go venture around the corner where, you know, in their mind, something scary might be happening over there. And I don't know what to do. You know, I mean, there's, there's cats that'll just like piss and shit themselves where they're at because they can't, they can't imagine going across the room to where they have to go over there. So in a lot of situations and the one-on-one handling and stuff can work better in a small environment, even such as a cage. And just allow them to work themselves out of it. You know, I'll leave the cage open while I'm in here with them. And, you know, he's now almost playing with Ernie where you can, you know, wave the wand toy back and forth. And like Ernie's tacking one side of the string and Moe's attacking the other side of the string. And they're getting closer and closer and closer. Leo is like, he's the king. And he looks at him like, you son of a bitch. You're in my fucking domain. You know, but he seems to be getting less angry about it, which is progress in itself. Um, my older crew don't even give a fuck. I mean, they, they're fine. Um, so, you know, it's coming along really, really well. I, you know, I saw the amount of things that he was open to. I had him for a year in the shelter and he still had such tremendous fear and was very, very nervous. Could have been the sound, you know, sounds of the dogs and the, you know, the, the metal cages closing and opening and all of those things like that. But now in this big dog crate in my room, that's all cozy with his blanket and his toys and all of that. He sits there, come to, he rolls around, he plays like crazy. Um, and then with the door open, like I said, he's, he's taken like a step or two out. And then if a noise happens, he, he goes right back in his, in his little, you know, comfort zone, his cave. And, um, you know, little by little will work. This is the, you know, this is something that's for his life. This is, you know, supposed to continue to make progress until he's 
a fully comfortable cat. He came from a hoarding situation that, you know, with 38 cats in that house, he didn't, he didn't have to be brave. He didn't have to be anything. He just fucking lay in the cut. Speaking of, I'll tell you another story about uh, cats. I'm going to try to, you know, incorporate a little bit more of this into the show, just so, you know, you, you see some of the stuff that I do. Uh, Norma Jean is a cat who came in in 2000, December 2018. She was very, very scared, defensive. Um, she had no knowledge of human contact. Uh, she was a tortie, Um, And she just would sit in her litter box, muscles completely tightened. I mean, you, if you reached in there, you'd get the hiss and lunge out of the litter box, and she'd tuck herself in. And you just couldn't, you couldn't get her to loosen up at all. If you moved her, um, her whole body would tense up. Yeah, you'd have to scruff her. You'd try to get like a towel around her and her whole body would tense up. And if you made the wrong move, that panic would set in while she's now in your grasp and she would try her ass off to bite you. Um, she was she was not a game. She was very, very defensive and had no confidence that I was there for the right reasons or, you know, I was there to help her. She, as far as I was concerned, I, I was the cause of every problem in her life. Um, so your average person would look at that and go, this cat's dangerous. This cat's not friendly. This cat's no way is this cat ever getting a home. And I heard that. I heard that a lot. And it's not just her. It's, it's been many, many cats for 19 years. And I, my job is to get them through whatever they've been through. My job is to get them comfortable. I boost their confidence and prepare them for for a whole nother life. I prepare them for their future. You know, uh, if you do this job wrong, you delete their future. You, you, you say, this is hard for me today. Let's get rid of it. Tomorrow's easier for me because that cat's not here anymore. Or that dog's not here anymore. I go, my days are supposed to be a little bit harder for their well-being. Now, if I have to deal with this or I have to deal with that for this cat, that's just what I have to deal with for their life. You know, my life goes on either way and theirs does too, as long as I, I keep that in mind. And I know that, that there is no giving up on them. I'm all they have. So, um, I continue to work with her. Um, one of the techniques that I found over the years, and I'm not a hundred percent positive on why it makes such a difference, but when I move them from their cage into the carrier that I keep them in while I clean their cages, there's been a handful of cats that are a lot more open to affection and being touched once in the carrier, more so than the actual cage. Um, it could be more like a defensive homebound kind of thing because that does become their home. So their litter box, their food bowl, their, all those things are there. So it might be just defense of that. Um, but when they're in this carrier, I, I go in and I start to pet them with a pillowcase on my hand. Yeah, I just kind of hold the pillowcase in my hand and I kind of pet them with that. That gives you a little bit of a barrier between you and them. Um, maybe they'll nail the pillowcase or they'll bite the pillowcase and, you know, that's not your hand. Um, obviously, it's very thin, so, you know, they can get through it and that's happened many a times. Um, but I, I learned to read body language very well with cats. So... Um, I, I do that, and a lot of times they don't see it as threatening because they're not seeing it as the hand reaching towards them. They're seeing it as the pillowcase. 
Um, so I go in there and I pet them with that. I pet them with that. Suddenly, you know, the tail goes from tucked real tight to lifting up in the air. And maybe, you know, they lift their butt up like, ah, I like that. Or maybe they lean into what I'm petting. You know, if I'm petting the side of their head and they kind of turn their head and lean into it, I'm going, all right, I have a little window to work with. Once you see a little window like that, it gives you the flexibility to just continue to work with that and try to broaden that comfort zone. Again, you start small, you go big, you know, um, the goal at the end isn't going to be just like today, I'm just going to do this. And if the cats are right, then great. It's adoptable. That's, that's not how that works. You have to gain this cat's trust. You have to form a bond with this cat that it doesn't know about, you know, imagine trying to get a person to trust you. That's completely terrified of you without using words. That's pretty tough task. Um, so, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's what I did with Norma Jean. I've, I've had a couple of cats that worked really, really well within that. And I made great, great progress with her, um, had her for over a year now. And, um, just yesterday she went home, uh, did the quote unquote impossible. And she went home, she went home a mush. She went home a sweetheart. She went home a cat that would never hurt anybody. Um, you know, when she left yesterday, she was a cat that you could pick up without scruffing her. You could hug her. You could kiss her. You could rub her belly. You could do all of these things. This is the same cat that was too dangerous and easily written off by the majority of people a little over a year ago. You know, I know a, a year is a long time, you know, especially in a shelter environment. But if you're able to find that, if you're able to extend that, that lifespan, if you're able to just find a way to keep them on this planet you can make the progress with these animals and you can give them a future and that's what i do and i couldn't be more proud of it you know um so that's that's norma jean so i i always believed in her and um you know when they give me the confidence you know and the trust to let me in i you know we changed the world you know their world is completely different now she's now in a loving home this person was so happy to have her and um they're really really great people so what what more can i say that's 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 my story there um thoughts on the nfl draft um oh actually um why the chiefs got screwed with a shitty draft pick does it have anything to do with winning the super bowl or something um yeah i mean that's uh jeff sands asking all these questions um well, I mean, yeah, your record definitely dictates uh, <clears throat> your draft pick. And then sometimes, like, you trade draft picks in prior years to better your position or, you know, to, to get this guy, but it'll cost you later type thing, you know. Um, like, uh, for instance, we traded um, we traded a fifth round and a third round next year for Trent Williams. Um, that's a great, great thing for us to add that strength on the offensive line. Joe Staley retired. So we needed a big fucking veteran who was going to be up there protecting Jimmy G and run blocking and doing those different things. Uh, I'm very happy with what we did in draft. Um, you know, it's crazy the way things work and, you know, you know, the way you kind of got to play the game. And this is why that, um, the, uh, it's not like it used to be. So when people are like, uh, guys never stick with their team and, you know, they're always jumping around the league and this and that, but this is like what the teams are forced to do. 
Because once people produce at a high level, whoever the guys are that go to the Super Bowl are going to be sought out. Like uh, the majority of your roster, other teams are going to be looking at like, maybe that guy is the solution to our problems. I'll pay him anything I have to. That guy is fucking amazing. I'll pay that guy to fucking the world. And then, you know, you have salary caps. You can only pay so many guys the world. You, You can't give everybody tons and tons of money. Because you you just don't have it. So a guy like DeForest Buckner, which, you know, was a very, very tough thing for me because I I loved DeForest Buckner. I had his jersey and all this, which was funny because I had an Alden Smith jersey and I got a nameplate to change the the name on the jersey because he's number 99 to DeForest Buckner when we got him and he started producing because Alden Smith ruined his fucking career and, you know, tons of DUIs and domestic shit and fucking, I mean, uh, I think he had a gun on him at some point, like just, just stupid ass shit. So, um, and I recommend doing that, like reinvent your fucking jerseys. You get a guy at the same number and shit. Um, I think it's like namechanger.com or something like it. Hit me up if you want the, the link and I'll, I'll shoot you the link. Um, but yeah, you, know, you get a guy on the team, the same number as a guy you had the fucking Jersey in the closet. You want to switch it over, make it happen. I did it with, um, Vernon Davis too. I was a big Vernon Davis fan, but when he left, he, he shit on us. He talked a bunch of shit, and uh, I, I didn't really like that. So, um, you know who number 85 is now? So, I got a George Kittle jersey. Um, but anyway, I switched my uh, my Olden Smith over to a DeForest Buckner jersey, and then he just got rid of him. So, it's like, well, all right. Um, but, yeah. Um, but, unfortunately, you know, he was due for – he he was going to be due for a contract extension next year. We weren't going to be able to pay him. We have to pay the house to fucking George Kittle. His extension's coming up. He's going to be the highest paid tight end in the league for sure. Um, there's just there's just no way to keep up with all the contracts, and we would have lost them and got nothing back next year because our hands were tied. We just weren't going to be able to pay him, so we were going to have to part with him. And doing so, we traded for a draft pick to per, to just draft his replacement. So now we're using that guy on a rookie contract, and we won't have to pay him big money if he produces big for a couple of years, and hopefully our other contracts will be paid by then, so then we can pay this guy. But then somebody else might be the victim of having to pay that guy. You know what I mean? So it just – it's like a never ending cycle and it's not a matter of loyalty or whether these guys are sticking with the team or this. And I wish DeForest Buckner all the best. He's one of those guys that's, you know, he is, he's an absolute beast. I think the Colts have done a lot of big things and I think he's one of those big things. Um, so we went out there and we got Kinlaw. Kinlaw looks like a monster. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does. Uh, the other guy we got, Ayuk, uh, Brandon Ayuk, this dude has uh, the wingspan of fucking plane and um, crazy ass moves. So you see him out there. You see Debo out there. You got George Kittle out there. Bourne played great last year. We got Hurd coming back off of injury. Um, we got a lot going on. We traded Matt Breida. We got um, a, a pick for him. Again, we had Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, and fucking um, – we also had um, McKinnon on fucking IR. McKinnon hasn't played fucking regular season football for the 49ers. He'd be under contract for two years. 
So this dude took huge pay cuts just to play with us. He's just dying to be able to play with us and try to try to fucking get back on the field. He's he's dying to. But when we go to the Super Bowl and we got this three-headed monster of running backs and people are willing to pay this guy fucking up there, you're not going to be able to keep re-signing all three guys. You know, these are guys that came out of the woodwork that two years ago no one was saying, oh, shit, watch out for Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert snapped his fucking arm in half last year and came back to to be the fucking monster that he is. Um, early in the season, Matt Breida was our guy. He was the breakout guy. All season they were saying Matt Breida, you know, oh, that was the fastest uh, play from the line of scrimmage since Matt Breida, and, uh, you know, it, that clocked in at this time of day. Yeah, so he, he's got some fucking talent. He fumbled more than any of our other guys as far as running backs go, so it was a little bit of uh, difficulty there. But, uh, look, man, I – Miami's doing huge fucking things. They got Tua. They got a guy to protect Tua. They just got fucking uh, um, somebody on defense first round before they even picked Tua. And then they got um, they got Matt Breida running back too. So I, I think Miami's really going to step up. Um, Buffalo's been doing big shit. They were, you know, almost there last year. They they drafted a bunch of great shit. So I think New England's going to be in the back seat for a while. I mean, I really do. I, I don't think that um, – Belichick's just going to put together some some great functioning offense without Brady. I think there's definitely going to be a couple year period of them rebuilding and figuring out their identity because their identity for all this time has been Tom Brady and crew. And you know they've been patching in wide receivers and this and that. And even Tom would go out and they put a Matt Castle in, they put a Jimmy G, and they put a this one. And, and these guys shined within the system. But it all came back to Tommy's team. And uh, you know there were there were guys there that held that shit together and. Last season wasn't a good offensive season. Tommy was getting killed back there. And, you know, he wasn't playing his best football because, he, you know, the pass rushes he was taking, that defense made them even playoff contenders. That that was the only thing that did it. So I think there's a ways off. But in the same token, um, these other teams have been striving really fucking hard for a long fucking time to be better than the Patriots. And that division, as far as I'm concerned, comes down to the Bills and the Dolphins, I, the fucking Jets, the Jets, they're never going to be good. Never going to be like good, good. I, I don't give a fuck until they prove me. Otherwise, I don't care who they draft. I don't care who they trade for. They're going to be the fucking Jets forever. Um, so yeah, that's, that's uh kind of my overall thoughts on that. We also got rid of Goodwin. Goodwin, you know, he had his little glimmers of hope uh, two years ago. He spent most of the season off the field, um, personal problems and, and, and all these things, but um, he's a fast wide receiver, but we got guys, you know, we, I, we're going to be all right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's what I got there. Um, top five old gauge matches to watch uh, since we just talked about that. I fuck, man, I can't even do that um, just because, uh, I just looked at this question again as I was like just now and remembered shit. I meant to go back and find some old gauge matches to recommend, but I will just give you a handful off the top of my head. I, I can't tell you top five. I'm sure there's ones I liked better than the ones I'm going to tell you. Um, there was um, gauge justice pain match. I want to say it was this time. It's personal CZW 2002. Um, I love that match. Um, I think that was the one. Um, 
ended with Gage getting handcuffed and fucking hitting the head with the fucking chair by uh, Steve Riles a bunch of times, um, like that old mankind shit. Um, but that match was fucking great. I'm pretty sure that was the one. Um, Nate Hatred and um, and Gage tables match in the CZW Arena, ECW Arena, Viking Hall, whatever you want to call it. Um, for, I forget the year and show and all of this, but that one was fucking great. Um, man, you know, obviously, you know, some great death matches and, and shit like this, but like the backseat hate club matches were just so fucking classic. Cause you had those like chicken shit heels that would just taunt and piss off these monsters. It, it had just such a great chemistry of the back and forth and, you know, them getting their fucking offense in and pissing the hate club off and the hate club chasing and chasing and finally fucking catching up with them and just fucking their world up. Some of that shit was my favorite stuff. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think offhand. Um, damn. He hated the fucking Miyamoto match that he did in um, right before he got locked up for robbing a bank in broad daylight. Um, but I, I like that match a lot. Like I, I, I keep like wondering, like, why, why did he hate that match so much? Cause I, I remember loving it. Um, ah, man, I'll get back to you on that. I, I promise I'll get back to you on that because I'm very, very, uh, passionate about old school gauge over new school gauge. No Beckham. Um, because the, the, the new gauge is, is, is so, it's like all these gauge, you know what I mean? It's like fortunate charms, you know what I mean? It's, it's not, it's not lucky charms. It's not, you know what I mean? That old shit was just, gauge was a fucking animal. When he came out there, um, I, someone posted a Noah barbed wire, uh, Drake versus gauge, um, it was when Drake had almost just ripped his ear off, so he was wearing the headgear and shit. But you could just see the fucking look on his face. The look on his face is ten times better than his persona now. He walked out there looking like he was so fucking mad at everyone. Like, he was just going to kill whoever the fuck was in front of him. And now, like, he's Nick fucking Gage, and he could do this, and he could do that. I get it. But his intensity, his anger, his, like, I'm not here for fucking games. I kill anyone in my path. That's what I do. That is unmatched right now. It's it's not it's not this. This is, this is crazy. And it, it baffles me that he came out of prison with a softer persona than he fucking went into prison with. That That's so weird to me. And he's, like, screaming the gang shit. But the gang, gang shit sounds like Teletubby songs to me. It doesn't, it doesn't, it like, the fucking wiggles. It sounds like, it sounds like a fucking, like a kid show. That's what it sounds like to me. It doesn't sound like real life. It doesn't sound like a real gangbanger. It doesn't sound like any of that shit. It sounds corny as fuck to me. And it always will. And these motherfuckers are getting behind it because they were three years old when the old gauge existed. They were shitting themselves when the old gauge was ripping people's fucking faces off with the, with the face wash in the corner. When, when Gage was cutting fucking uh, promos, uh, you know what I mean? And, and just, just losing his fucking shit and ending it with fuck Hulk Hogan 
for no reason. Just like no fucking reason. It was like one of his fucking running things. It was like, yeah, I don't, I don't fucking know, you know? And, and that was, that was fucking gauge, but you guys were too young. You know what I mean? You were way too young. So I, I get it, but I'm not really going to tolerate it as far as like telling me that this gauge is better and he's the fucking guy. Shut up. You're fucking clowns. Um, but we'll get back to the gauge matches. Uh, have I watched the Don't Fuck With Cat show? Started watching. Couldn't get past the beginning. Nope. Can't do it. Uh, I know there's something about a guy killing cats or something, and then uh, they do some old uh, investigative shit and, like, track them down and fuck them up or some kind of shit. But I, nah, I don't need to see animal abuse. Um, that whole fucking Tiger King thing shit was enough for me. Um, I, I'm all set. I, I see enough in real life, you know what I mean, in my job. So, when it comes down to you already having your fill of seeing, you know, dogs with burns all over them and cats with fucking this this thing or this one was kicked and this one was, you know, and seeing the rehab they go through and Pipples fucking mauled from the fighting shit and dogs uses bait dogs. And I mean, again, the, the, the just terrible neglect and abuse that I've seen over the years and continue to see, um, it's, I, I don't seek out more when I leave work, you know what I mean? It's, you got to kind of get your mind back right. And it's definitely not going to be like watching, you know, the shows on, fucking, uh, you know, Netflix or wherever. You're not really seeking out that form of entertainment. So I no, I hadn't, I heard about it, but I'm, I'm not really, um, has my diet or body changed since this all started? Or are you making changes for your immune system and health since you're in the heart of this shit? Um, well, Again, mentally, I was fucked up right off the bat, um, and I I went away from physical things. Um, you know, one thing with me is I have a high metabolism, very high metabolism, um, so I'm able to handle kind of whatever food I put in my body. Um, it's not going to help me progress. Um, so if I eat garbage, I'm just not going to make any progress. Um, definitely going to lose maybe a little muscle. I'm, I'm not going to do myself any favors as far as going in the right direction. Um, but I've stayed consistent as far as diet goes, because some of my stuff is just, I'm, I'm mental like that, you know? So I just do the same fucking thing over and over and over and over when it works for me. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I eat six eggs every morning for breakfast and a half a cup of oatmeal, steel cut oatmeal. That's, that's what I eat every morning. Um, I don't put anything on the eggs. I put a little honey in the oatmeal. That's it. That's, that's a wrap. Um, so, and then lunch is, is like, uh, you know, the, the, like grilled chicken or baked chicken with, um, rice. That's it. That's, that's my breakfast and lunch every day for years. And, um, then dinner is going to be whatever dinner is, you know, and then snacks will be what they are too. But, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's all right on that end. Physicality is where I needed, I needed to find my, my balance. I needed to find like an avenue where I'm comfortable in doing something. Um, so it's funny. I got, I got a utility bench. Um, and I, I'm happy with that, but like, it's just, this isn't my atmosphere. You know, when I come home, I, it, it's more like, okay, now I, I could chill. Like I, I get in my environment here. I have my fish tanks over there. I got my TV over here. I got my computer over here. My phone's in my fucking hand. I got my cats mushing on me. I got this. I got my kids doing their thing. 
I got, you know, I got my chickens in the backyard. I got, I got way too many distractions here to just go on some kill mode shit the way that I, I do in the gym. Because when I go in the gym, that's the only fucking thing I'm there for. So I, I look at everybody in there like I, I don't give a fuck whether they're alive or not. You know what I mean? And I, I just do my fucking thing. I just focus. I got the headphones on, and I'm just in my own fucking world where I'm there to do damage. I got my fucking workout plan in my, in my FitBot in my phone, and I'm just fucking knocking them off. Just knocking them motherfuckers off. Like two hours of just fucking just go. And um, that's that's a very hard adjustment to go from that to the home. Um, so I was doing some workouts. I was getting uh, some some shit down. But I didn't feel like I was pushing myself hard enough. Um, so my buddy Kelsey, um, I started doing some workouts with her. And uh, the one night I wasn't doing anything. And her and Nina went out there and worked. And she told me the next morning, Oh, surprisingly, Nina's Nina's uh, training is harder than yours. And I just fucking, like, my brain just went fucking red, like Terminator shit. And I was like, oh, all right. Um, because Kelsey is, is one that hadn't really worked out at all in the past. You know, this is this is all new stuff to her. And she's she's really doing great stuff. And she's headed in the right direction in, in a lot of things. And, um you know, she does the other cat yard in my work and, she, you know, she's taken my lead on a lot of things. I really kind of taken her under my wing and, and continue to like, you know, help her learn this and that. And then on the physical side of things, she's really like starting to like train with us and stuff like that. Um, she stays with us pretty much constantly. She's like family. Um, so, uh, especially through this quarantine, she was, you know, staying over a couple nights a week and now she's here pretty much every night. So, um, but yeah, like, um, she started to lean into that. And then, you know, when she said that, I was like, Oh fuck. And she said like, she, she'll keep telling me, Oh, it was a compliment. I'm like, no, 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 you don't, you don't understand what a compliment is to me. Um, I took my fucking psychotic training and to do my best to not discourage either Nina or Kelsey, I brought it down to a very digestible level. And I tried to keep rest pretty, you know, comfortable, I tried to keep everything very doable because doing something is better than doing nothing. Always. That's something you always have to remember as far as physicality goes. If you do two pushups today and you weren't going to do any before you already crushed your fucking previous expectations. Two pushups isn't a monster workout, but if you put it in and you weren't going to, you're doing great. And then tomorrow, maybe you do three, whatever you got. Whatever you do is, is something. Compete with yourself. Log your workouts. I, I'm telling you, it makes a huge difference to log your workouts. Because if you log your stuff, you can see exactly what, you're, what you did last time. Um, a lot of these apps will tell you what progress you're making. They'll tell you, oh, you did 15 last time. You could up your weight and do eight, definitely. And you're like, yeah, you're right. I, I just won't push 15. Now I'll do eight but I could push a heavier weight than I've ever done before. Oh shit. And, and that's how you're making progress. So you make progress outside of your comfort zone more so than anything. Um, but it's hard to get people outside of their comfort zone and stay dedicated because it's discouraging. So that's why I went in the direction I went with the training we were doing. But when she said that, I was like, Oh fuck that shit. So I looked at the weather and I was like, all right. So on Friday, uh, Coach Cat's kill camp starts. <laughs> She's like, wait, what? 
and I spent like the next fucking like half hour just like putting shit together in my phone, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's going down and shit. She hates my guts now. Um, <laughs> she's getting through it. It's now like a couple of days removed from that, so I think she's getting back to normal now. But she was like in a bad place based off of what we did, and um, you know, Nina crushed it and everything, and um. So I just set up my backyard because again, like this, this space is not really, it, it's not really great for, you know, me to do all the things. So I had to kind of separate myself from the shit. So I cleared out like big space in my backyard um, and said, all right, we're going to do this shit. And I set the shit up. I'll give you a quick rundown of the things we did. We did a couple supersets. So it's like two exercises back to back. And then you rest, and then you go back to the, you know, those two exercises back to back. No rest in between the two exercises. If you do three of those or four of those, that's more of a circuit. They call it two a superset. So that's, that's what I'm talking about when I say that. Um, we did metal, medicine ball slams, and then uh, which was actually a bag. It's a it's a rec bag, and uh, we did 12 pound um, slams, and then we did farmers walks. Or, or the other way around. We did farmer's walks. I got two buckets from um, Tractor Supply. And I put, for the girls, I put the 25-pound weights in them. And for me, I put the 40-pound weights in them. I have dumbbells. That's really all I have dumbbell weight-wise. And it's, like, impossible to get heavier dumbbells now, which is driving me crazy. But eventually, I'll, I'll get my hands on some. And it won't cost me an arm and a leg. And, you know, then we'll go forward from there. But so I put the dumbbells in there. And walk like 100 feet with it. Walk like 100 feet with the two buckets. And then come back. You put the buckets down. You go slam that bag. And, and then we just kept doing fucking, you know, doing those. And, you know, you do three sets of that. Um, we did burpees and scissor kicks. So it was like fucking hitting burpees. Done with those set. That set. Jump right down. Fucking scissor kicks. Fucking, you know, 20 reps per side. So you're hitting like 40. And then, you, you know, you're resting and you're back at it. Um, then we did walking lunges. Those were all by themselves. Um, so I was like eight reps per leg. So we're doing like 16, 16 uh, rep sets straight up. Um, so it's like eight that way, eight that way. Um, then we did bear crawls forward and back. So we went, you know, probably like eight paces forward, you know, from the one side to the, the tree in my yard. So we, we did forward bear crawls and then back all the way to the part we started. Um, and then we'd go up on our side bridges and we hit side bridges for 30 seconds per side and then back into the fucking sets. Uh, we did mountain climbers, um, like 20 reps of mountain climbers and then, you know, per set, uh, per side. So like 40 and then, um, and then we did battle. We did five sets of battle ropes for 25 seconds. And battle ropes are a motherfucker because you could just do it as simple as just lift your left arm, lift your right arm, lift your left arm, lift your right arm. And that's, that's good enough. The more advanced you are, the more you could whip them, you know, and you could burn yourself out in five seconds. Like 25 seconds sounds like nothing, but if you start fucking going at a pace, 25 seconds is an eternity. If you start fucking sprinting with those things, um, so like that's what we did, and then we actually after we even closed the shit out on the app, I have um uh a battle rope uh, jump rope, so it's like two inches around, and doing fucking we did three sets of uh, ten with the fucking battle rope jump rope, 
And that, you know, that'll put some shit on you. I mean, you could, you know, you can go out in the fucking yard and get some shit done like that. And really all I needed was a couple of dumbbells and you don't even need dumbbells. You go get those fucking buckets and you fill them with water. Water's eight pounds a gallon. If you fill five pound, five gallon buckets, you got 35 pound buckets there. You know what I mean? So, you know, or no, it's not even the right fucking math, right? 25, 25. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not a math guy. Um, it's very impressive. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, just shit like that. You do, you do stuff like that. Um, body weight exercises will get you far. They'll get you real fucking far. Um, so yeah, you know, and you just, just keep pushing it and just keep pushing it, trying to up your numbers, try to keep going at it. Um, I got a bunch of different stuff in mind for that type of thing. Um, we're going to try to just go with the same thing again on Tuesday, I believe. Um, do some different shit in between, the days in between. And, you know, just just keep pushing and pushing it and trying to up our fucking thing. Because I, um, it was actually raining too when we did it. Um, but the, it was not like heavy rain. It was like light rain. But when I, I go do these races, like, you show up, it's light raining, this and that. And, and I'm to the point now where April 26th, I'm getting fucking flashbacks of races that I was doing. Not flashbacks, like, you know, POW shit. I mean, like, um, memories on Facebook. So, be like, oh, on this day, you ran fucking City Field, uh, Spartan Sprint. On this day, you ran fucking the ABF Mud Run. And fucking walk through swamp water and fucking mild hypothermia and this and this. So the more that I see this, like, dude, I would be in fucking race season right now. What the fuck are you doing? Step the fuck up because if there was races this year, you'd be going fucking, you know, eight miles, 11 miles, whatever the fuck with, with 25 obstacles, 35 obstacles. You'd be doing all this shit and excelling. So step the fuck up. Let's start challenging ourselves right there on the fucking home front. So we're going to start pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. I'm going to try to do, like, a lot more than, like, what the girls are doing. You know, I'm going to try to, like, double mine so I can push myself even further. Because I was fine the next day. Like, people were fucked up. But um, I uh, I need to I need to heighten my shit even more. You know I mean, I need to walk 200 feet with them fucking buckets. I need to do, you know... 40 of what they're doing 20 of and, and vice, you know, all, all the different things because I have a very high, um, endurance for a lot of this shit. And I need a lot to satisfy, you know, as far as what my body could handle and where it needs to be pushed. So that's, that's, um, uh, that's a long version of the question you asked, but, uh, I definitely wanted to touch base on the physicality of things and, um, you know, the things I've been doing on, on that end. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much that. Um, Trying to see if there's anything else. Um, uh, Gronk, uh, Gronk signing with the Bucks. Brian's asking. Um, I, I fucking hate Gronk. I can't stand that motherfucker. He's just like a big stupid ass goon. He's just like central casting for like that jock asshole college douchebag. Um, he's just got like a big stupid look on his face. You could tell he's like just above retarded. Um, he's just dumb. Like when I saw the fucking. Uh, me and Ian were watching The Masked Singer and shit, um, you know, and, and as soon as the shit started out, they had that fucking white tiger, and as soon as he fucking came out, I'm like, that's fucking Gronk, that fucking big stupid motherfucker, I could tell it right off the fucking bat, and sure enough, they go however many episodes in, and fucking, that's Gronk, 
And I just, like, I could just see that fucking asshole from a mile away, no matter, you know, fucking tiger suit or not. But, um, he came out of retirement to go sign with fucking the Bucks and rejoin Brady over there. Um, I'm sure he's going to cost a shitload of money to the Bucks, which is crazy. Um, they're going to probably burn a bridge with one of their tight ends because I think they have two pretty good tight ends. And, uh, Braid, I think, is one of them. Um, unless I'm wrong. But, um, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to cost a lot more than it's worth. I don't think the Bucks are doing a motherfucking thing, and I don't think the Pats are doing a motherfucking thing. I think the the Bucks will be competitive, but I, I can't imagine them just dominating by any stretch of the imagination. No fucking way. Mm, not playing the fucking Saints twice, you know. That, I mean, the Panthers could become something too. The fucking Teddy Bridgewater era. You know, uh, this is his second shot to be a full-time starter somewhere. You know, I mean, it's 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 going to get real. Um, so, I, I, I don't know, but um, he's a jerk-off. And he even said, like, coming out of this, like, oh, yeah, he retired two years ago to avoid being traded to the Lions. It's just like, dude, what the fuck? Like, that's some crazy shit. I'm going to stop playing football for two years because I ain't trying to have that. This is like, that's some dickhead shit. Um, but yeah, fuck him. And, uh, I, I never hated Brady. I, you know, I mean, Brady's a winner and fucking losers hate winners. That's, that's why everyone hates Brady. They could talk that cheating shit. This guy's got six fucking rings. He didn't cheat his way to six fucking rings. You're just fucking holding them under a microscope because he's not going to stop winning. And you're not going to stop not liking that if you're not a Pats fan. But it is what it is. It is exactly what it is. And motherfuckers, they just can't digest that shit. The same way they can't digest LeBron being LeBron. Yeah, but, but you're not Michael Jordan. It's like, I don't really... <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck your problem is. You're mad because he's not another guy? Fucking dominant. He's doing his fucking thing. He's a big fucking powerful fucking dominating force in the NBA. He could fucking shoot. He could fucking... I mean, he could do everything. He's a great fucking uh, teammate. Assists all over the fucking place. Yeah, I mean, like... Uh, dude. What, what are you mad at? Because he's good? And he's not on your team? Because if he's on your team, he, I, I don't see that many people hating on LeBron James that are rooting for the team he's on. Maybe a little bit more now with the, the Lakers shit because, like... People have gotten so heavy on the troll game with that shit and on the internet hate. Like, this motherfucker's, like, in his house chilling and people are, like, waking up in the morning like, fuck LeBron. And it's just like, dude, what the, what the fuck are you mad about? I don't even understand. Um, but he made a decision. He went to Miami. It's fucking bullshit. It's like, all right. <laughs> then he went back to Cleveland fucking did it for him. And it's like, oh, all right. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, like, it, it, I, the Laker thing is like, they were calling him like, you know, King Laker and this and this and like, you know, the Laker King and, it, and people are like, how fucking dare you? There's fucking so many other Lakers. And it's like, yeah, he's not trying to remove the Lakers from the fucking, uh, the history books. He's joining an organization that has a rich fucking history. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's. 
I think he was destined to definitely win this year, and it is what it is. But that's it, it's the same exact hate that that Brady gets. The same fucking hate. It, because there's there's no real reason for it. Brady's a great fucking family guy. LeBron's a great fucking family guy. These guys aren't fucking robbing people or fucking getting caught with guns or getting fucking yeah. yeah there's no fucking YouTube videos of LeBron shit faced out somewhere talking shit to people or Brady. You know what I mean? These guys are just what the fucking game is supposed to be. Oh, LeBron flops and everything. Yeah, but that's what the game is now. That's a, that's how you extend fucking plays. That's how you get fucking game. This guy is fucking 6'5". What is he? 6'5", fucking 250 pounds and shit. Oh, he would never last back there. Are you fucking kidding me? Kevin McHale's going to throw around this fucking 250-pound fucking dude? No, he's not. That's not the game that they're playing then. So he'd play the stronger game, and he'd fucking toss guys like that. Like, stop being stupid. It, it's not, you know, and the people, like, I, I went at a, a guy the other day with this Queen James, la bitch, and it's like, dude, you look like you drive a bus. You look like a fucking janitor, and, and you're calling this guy a bitch and a queen and a this and that. Like, you, if he showed up at your house, you'd be doing his fucking laundry. And I told him that, and he's like, oh, you're reaching. I said, reaching? You'd be reaching into the dryer for his fucking socks if he came into your house and you said, <laughs> said, dude, what the fuck do you say about me? I need this laundry done real quick. He'd be like, yes, sir. You know, the fuck out of here, man. It, it just, it makes people look fucking stupid. I talk a lot of shit, but I generally don't fucking call, like, like, I don't call people pussies and bitches and you know, this guy ain't shit, you know, like, unless I'm really fucking mad, and I really, really believe that, you know, I I talk a different type of shit, you know, and it's hard to, like, it's hard to find the right words for what I'm saying, because, like, I'd like to say I speak a more respectful type of shit, but that's, that's definitely doesn't make any sense, um, but there's, like, there's rules to this shit, you know, don't go talking, calling people bitches that you can't legitimately fight in life. You know, that's not like, I've always said, like, I'd rather someone call me a cunt than a bitch. Because if you're calling me a cunt, you're saying, like, I'm an asshole, like, I'm fucking not nice to people, I'm mean, you know, like, shit like that, like, like that, that is all right. But to call me a bitch is like saying that you can kick my fucking ass, and there's a lot of people out there. That that fall far short of those expectations. And it doesn't make any fucking sense coming out of their face. You know? There's tons of people that could beat the ever-loving shit out of me. But I don't really, you know... I, I don't really see that I'm giving these people a reason to call me a bitch or anything like that. And And again, still compare me to that other giant part of the population that I'm badder than and go like, all right, yeah, yeah. I could, I could defeat that dude. I, I can fuck him up, but like I, I mean, he, I wouldn't say he's a bitch. I mean, he backs his words up, and he, you know, he, he's not, he's not a coward or anything like that. And you know, he, he's, yeah, you know, pretty good physically and things like that. I, you know, so to me, like it, it just needs to make some kind of sense. So when you call like fucking hugely successful athletes cheaters and shit like this, like it's just cut it out, dude. You know. Oh, the refs won the game, did they? But if you won, it would have been all you, though, right? Okay. Okay. 
Well, it's either fixed or it's not. When you win the Super Bowl, you don't go to the parade if it's fixed. You don't buy a jersey if it's fixed. You don't stand there and watch it on fucking Sundays if it's fixed, do you? Just hoping for it to one day not be fixed, a.k.a. your team wins? the fuck out of here. I I never heard a motherfucker go, dude, we won that game, but that shit was definitely fixed, and uh, I'm glad they fixed it in our favor. I mean, I, I don't know that I'd be able to tolerate that person, but you don't hear it. You only hear the part that, you know, the game didn't go my way, so it's fixed. It's like, all right, settle down. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think that's all I got. R.I.P. Uh, Fred the Godson. Um, he was, he was a great rapper and, uh, you know, he died from this fucking Corona shit. Um, yeah, like I said, it, it's claiming motherfuckers for real, you know, it's some respiratory shit. I got to say too, um, <laughs> I got to pull some Trump shit and like retract some shit that I said before. I had said to like, keep yourself sane, like maybe smoke some weed and shit like this, but don't do that. Um, if, if you're a good person, um, do edibles or, or something like that, because, you know, this is like a, a respiratory thing. So if you do something that's going to weaken your respiratory system in any way, you're going to, you know, make it harder on you. So do maybe edibles or something like that. Um, again, this is why I'm not the fucking president. Cause I'd be out there like, just smoke some weed, sit home. We'll be all right. And be like, what? That's really bad for your lungs in a situation that affects your lungs. All right. On second thought, maybe don't, maybe don't do that. <laughs> don't figure it out. People are creative. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I think that's all I got. Um, just uh, load up them fucking topics. We'll get at some more shit. I'm going to try to get some more shit up on Grizzworld. If you guys are into the puppet stuff. Uh, so check that out. Check out I Got You Five Stars. My man Jeremy over there doing his thing. Still doing them interviews. Pumping out that content. Um, check out the Wrestling Soup. Joe Numbers, Anthony Missionary, Thomas, John Draper. Doing their thing over there. They, they're still fucking... Heavy on the shows, man. I feel like every time I fucking open my phone at work, it's like Wrestling Soup is coming on live right now. It's like wow, they they get it they get it in over there. Um, check out uh, Shaheen over there, Nuclear Heat Graphics, Chair Shot Tees he's doing. Uh, check him out, get his commissions, get all that shit going. My man Eric Williams at the we drafted a fucking quarterback named Hertz. When all our quarterback does is get hurt podcast. Um, check him out over there at the, you know, Carson, we, we just, we, we want to, we want to back you up, but like, we kind of wish Nick was back podcast, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a rough go. It, it's a really rough go. They went out there and uh, drafted a quarterback and have people going, why did they do that? Because they don't believe their fucking quarterback is not going to get hurt this year. And it's crazy. It's so plaguing them. It's so haunting their fucking thoughts of what's going to happen in the following season. They went out and got a guide. Its name is Hertz. <laughs> Check out Eric Williams at the Everybody Hurts podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. Um. 
yeah, so I think I covered everything. Check out, I was struggling with Sozio, hit that up earlier, but hit up again. And uh, Andrew Carluck, False Count Radio. Know what I mean? So, uh, do the thing. I'll uh, talk to you motherfuckers sometime next week or some shit. I mean, uh, where, where the fuck is my outro? Who got my outro? Oh, uh, check out fucking Joyner Lucas fucking album, man. Um, ADHD, that album is fire. I got one of those little, um, speakers too. Um, I know that's, that's a broad statement. Um, it's called a JBL Flip 4. It's a little portable Bluetooth speaker, waterproof, all of this shit. Um, this motherfucker's got some dope ass sound. So if you want a little portable speaker like that, I wish I got like actual kick for any of the things that I promote, but um, you know, just is what it is. It's a, it's a work of passion. Um, so yeah, uh, I put the JBL speaker on there and rock that fucking ADHD. That fucking album is the shit. I mean, dude's lyrical content is just off the fucking charts. Um, beats are crazy, and uh, yeah, man. So check your motherfuckers out next week. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. Keep it in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. What I make you good? Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a thing. Even when I lie. The Juza Kiss Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.